Welcome to our first CIPR Engage podcast of 2021, where we'll be focusing on resilience. Now, this year may not have got off to the start we'd all hoped for, making navigating the ongoing coronavirus pandemic even more challenging for self-employed practitioners and communications teams. So in this episode, we welcome Amanda Coleman, Rebecca Manda, and Sharon Flarty to share their first-hand experiences. Neither Amanda, Rebecca, or Sharon are trained on mental health, but they've each overcome significant obstacles and share their lessons from their stories. And a reminder, if you need support, you can contact the CIPR's Mental Health Hotline. There's more details on the CIPR website, cipr.co.uk slash mental health hotline. So opening up for us is Dan Jones, as we explore the practical tips and takeaways for building resilience and accessing support in today's tough climate. Hello, my name is Daniel Jones, and welcome to episode two of Engage, CIPR's podcast series, digging deep into the challenges and opportunities facing PR and comms practitioners right now. The topic of today's podcast is building resilience. So, in the face of the biggest disruption to our professional and social lives that most of us will ever know, what can we do to build our own personal resilience? I'm joined on today's podcast by three guests who all have their own story to tell about navigating choppy waters and building their own personal resilience. Sharon Flaherty is Managing Director of Creative Content Agency Brand Content. Rebecca Mander is an author and keynote speaker and a coach who focuses on the subject of resilience. And Amanda Coleman set up her own business, Amanda Coleman Communication, during the first lockdown in March 2020. Thank you very much for joining me on today's podcast. How are we all managing with with challenges that COVID-19 is bringing with it just now? Oh my goodness. Well, what a year it's been already. It's ridiculous, isn't it? In the first week, I think... Uh, we had so many historic events. Um, we had to, uh, you know, there's Brexit, there was the storming, the Capitol building, um, and uh, we were back in uh, a serious lockdown. So some really, really significant challenges. Um, and I think that um, Amanda beautifully in her recent um, post uh, was very open about how challenging it's been and like Amanda I was in tears listening to um, to the announcement um, from Boris and I think it was and for my clients it's the same it's not that almost this lockdown's easier because we know what to expect and we can follow the rules and that's okay but I think there was so much hope at the end of 2020, that 2021 would be a better year. There were so many posts on social media about let's get 2020 out of the way. So that when 2021, uh, you know, came with all of its um, flaws already, it was quite challenging, really, um, I think, to um, for people and thinking about not just yourself, but how this would impact our, our clients and our readers. And we know, you know, in the PR world, you're, you're faced with it so much that you're immersed in it. So you know the impact firsthand that it has on people. So it's it's been a challenging time, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, and do you think the, the first lockdown sort of prepared us and gave us skills to be able to deal with this, this new one a bit better? Or is it 
I, I know I know for me, um, I certainly um, had the hope that things might get a bit, little, little bit better this year, and um, there there is there is hope on the horizon. Um, but do do you think we've come into this this new lockdown with skills that we gained in the first lockdown, or we maybe come at it a bit more prepared? I think so. And I think we do know what we've gone through and we know that we can do it again because, and I think focusing on those skills that got us through um, those periods of 2020 are the ones we need to really pull on our resources right now to get us through the next uh, phase, definitely. Yes, I think if we'd have known what was coming this time last year, we'd have all been petrified and all thought that we hadn't got the ability to cope. But actually, it was better not knowing because we were thrown into a situation that actually we took day by day with all of its changes and challenges and and we overcame it. So I think that's evidence um, that we can do it again. Definitely, definitely. Sharon and Amanda, um, do you have any thoughts on... How are you getting on just now yourselves? Um, I we I guess I find myself in quite an interesting situation as we um, started the year. Um, I'm actually um, out of country in Ireland. Um, my dad unfortunately passed away in the first of um, first of January. So uh, going back to your question about um, COVID, it's definitely thrown quite a few interesting challenges in organising a funeral um, when. Um, he uh, passed away in a different country and we've had to get ourselves over to, to Ireland, his home country, uh, self-isolate for 14 days. Um, the local shop is delivering food to our doorstep, which is amazing. And, um, you know, trying to organise a funeral uh, in, um, in COVID is, is interesting yeah. <laughs> with, you know, lots of restrictions, but we're getting there. Um, and I think, you know, I think the main thing I, I take out of this is that um, I think it's like so easy just to get so so focused on the negatives of COVID, you know, um, and, you know, the way I deal with these things is like, if you just kind of zoom out, it actually makes it look at the bigger picture. It actually makes it easier because otherwise you become all consumed, you know? So if you are just thinking, oh no, another few months of COVID, we're all working from home, then you become so distracted by those thoughts. But if you actually think, well, actually, you know what? It's a few months. I've got my health. I can still get outside for a bit of fresh air and it will come to an end. Like, you know, all child, all tough challenges, all bad things come to an end. And I think that's the way that I would um, always say to look at it. And it's not to take away from the challenges people are have, having with COVID, but it's just to, to try and zoom out a little bit and think no bad things last forever. And, um, you know, in a few months time, we'll be looking back and it won't be, you know, it will be better and people will be out again and they'll forget that they were locked up in their houses for a few months. So Amanda, how are you finding the current situation? We're in um, the third lockdown at the moment. How are you finding the situation just now? I, I think as... Um... You know, as as Rebecca was saying before, it's it, it's it's really hard this time. Um, it I think the first time it, the weather was beautiful um, for a lot of us. Uh, the second time we had Christmas. This time it's not quite as not. Oh, well, it's horrible here. I don't know where it is anywhere else. The weather's awful, um, and it just it just feels really difficult. I have to say, back at the start of this, um, I kept saying, oh, you know, this is 18 months to two years of a thing. Um, we need to be prepared for it. And I and everybody looked at me like I was a, I was talking nonsense. But, you know, I think we perhaps could have prepared ourselves a bit better. And admittedly, nobody wanted to think it was going to go on for this length of time. But I just, 
everybody went at it as if it was a, a sprint and this was always going to be a marathon. Um, and I think that's part of the issue with why is everybody perhaps feeling so exhausted at the minute? It's because we we, we expended so much energy last year um, and have just never had a time to be able to recharge properly. Um, so, it, yeah, it, it is really tough, I think, at, at the moment. You're all here today on this podcast as you've all got your own experiences of going through choppy waters and uh, building your own personal resilience. Um, Sharon, I wanted to start with yourself. Um, you recently shared a LinkedIn post where you detailed um, some, of the, some of the roller coaster experiences that you've had over the last 18 months. And it's 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 been really prof- profound challenges that you've gone through. I wonder if you can maybe tell us a bit about that post and what it felt for you to, to share that with, with everyone. Yeah, I um, I thought long and hard, I have to be honest, about whether to, to write that post. Um, and then when I wrote it, I thought, should I actually even share it? I'm just about to come to the end of my maternity leave. And I wrote that just before Christmas on my maternity leave. And um, I have to say that was a challenge as well, breastfeeding and uh, trying to uh, do it with one finger on my phone while uh, you know, you've got the baby. Um, but I, I felt that I had kind of disappeared a little bit from my networks um, online and in in real life, in public. Um, and I, to me, it felt, it felt a bit weird that like I would just then suddenly come back and start posting on social and being like, oh, hey, I've just seen this cool thing I want to share or, or whatever it would be that I would be commenting on. And I felt a bit fake, I think. Um, and so I felt like I just needed like almost like a platform just to kind of reset and almost like more for me than anybody else, because I'm sure lots of people didn't even notice. But it was more for me to be like, actually, I know I've been away. I kind of just want to come back and share my opinions and be me again. Uh, and that writing that post made me feel like it was that platform to do that and, and reset. And, and I think the other part of it was that I feel like we just share so much. We're, we're all marketing and, um, and PR. And I feel we, we, well, we just share the good stuff uh, and nobody sees behind closed doors and nobody um, sees the challenges of an entrepreneur or a CEO. Um, I'm a very private person. So it was really hard for me to, to share that post. And I certainly wouldn't want sympathy because that isn't, you know, in my nature. But it was more about showing that, you know, people who run companies and everyone who is, um, you know, everyone really, it's not just about people who run companies. We've all just um, got stories to share. And if we were just a bit more all open and honest, uh, rather than always just going, hey, high five, we got X piece of coverage there. Or, hey, we had this most amazing campaign. I just thought it's just a bit more authentic, you know, and um, it was more um, about showing the, um, the real story of a CEO, I, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess we can get so used to living that Instagram perfect life. Um, and we in the PR world get get so used to um, only sharing the good stuff. Um, but there's so much that goes on behind it and the wheels that help the machine turn. There's there's often so much that goes on behind the scenes that we don't get to see. Um, what What's the reaction? What What's the reaction being like to your post? I was overwhelmed, if I'm honest. I, I suppose probably just for everyone listening, I suppose there's a, a bit of a high-level summary was just that um, having, um, yeah, being very career-focused, I didn't decide to have children until very late on. And then um, I struggled to hold on to pregnancies. Um, and so we had a few miscarriages. Um, we lost a baby to a, um, 
a condition and um, then uh, my partner had cancer. So we had a lot going on. But, you know, um, you know, the, the great story is that we now have a five month old and my partner's in remission. You know, so it kind of goes back to what I said at the start of the podcast, you know, life gives and life takes. But, um, you know, you do get through challenges. Um, but the reaction was really, really nice because I, I was nervous posting it um, and I had so many lovely comments. And I didn't think it was inspiring, but everyone kept telling me it was inspiring. Um, I had lots of private messages, text messages, emails and people just saying mostly that they really appreciate the frank honesty and uh, and that's that's good because that's why I did it you know just to um allow people also to feel like they could share and and there was also a really lovely comment someone left and I thought it was really nice they said that my post had reminded them that you don't know what's going on in people's lives and it was a reminder to her to be kind and I thought that was really nice it was an amazing post it was a lovely post and uh, and I know what you you're saying it's you don't want sympathy um, and you don't necessarily set out to inspire, but you really do. And, and that post was, you know, so um, heart led. It was just a fabulous, a very inspirational post. I enjoyed reading it. Definitely. Um, one of the things that struck me in reading that is that um, you, you were going through what was obviously some of the most profound challenges that that any of us will ever go through in our lifetime all, all at once. Um, did were you able to were you able to find any ways to to take to take some time away from what was going on and take some time away for yourself and and find ways to to look after yourself at the time or um how how easy or how difficult did you find being able to look after yourself at the time honestly um i it was just a case of head down and just get on with it um my attitude was just kind of like, just get on, you know, just get on. And um, you had, had a business to run and um, it was really important to me that everything, that the status quo was maintained. I have a stepson and, um, you know, I'd made a promise to my partner while he was having chemotherapy that his life wouldn't change. Um, and so, you know, um, that meant still taking him to his hobbies, to his rugby, to his taekwondo and um, making sure that he didn't feel any knock-on effects. And um, and obviously I fell pregnant around the same time again. And that came with its own worries because, um um, you know, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with the pregnancy. Um, and then my partner couldn't come to scan. So, you know, there was a whole other things. But I just, I would love to turn around and say, I um, thought, right, I'm going to go running and I'm going to raise money for charity right in this moment. And, I, you know, and it's going to, that's how I'm going to get through. But I didn't. I literally just um, head down, powered through until... I could lift my head up again, which was um, when my partner started to feel a bit better. We did um, um, treat ourselves, though, to a holiday just in the nick of time, obviously, in February. Um, I went to Australia. So and then there was lockdown in March. So I feel like that, the, you know, suddenly the sun was shining on us then because we got away. So so that was quite good. We got to um, kind of refresh. Um, uh, and But, you know, I, I think, you know, to help anyone else who's going through similar circumstances I mean in an ideal world you would take time for yourself you know for me exercise is always what just makes everything better whether it's even just a walk I uh, doesn't have to be a run you just come back and you feel like a, like a new person um and um you know some people have mentors I have a mentor um some people find it helps to speak to people some people find it helps just to just to you know get on and do which is kind of my way of dealing with it but uh, that was not necessarily the right way because it is really good to be open and talk and you know and um take help i think take help from people and not feel that you just have to get on with it yeah i think certainly um in the uh, well since March last year since the first lockdown came into place um maybe uh, 
I think a lot of people have felt a lot of pressure to, to be doing things all the time and to be doing activities to look after their well-being, whether that's baking banana bread or making um, sourdough bread or, or something like that, and to be seen to do some doing things all the time. But it is okay if you just want a bit of downtime and you just want to look after yourself or stick on a show on Netflix or just take some time to relax, that it is okay. Those are all part of your well-being as well. And that can be just as beneficial as going for a 5K run. Um, for me, it's um, it's honestly just coming out. It's it's being able to um deal with the challenges, um, and I guess in a healthy way, you know. So uh, and then coming out of the other side, um, I've had a mentor for uh, a couple of years, and she's been amazing. Um, she's taught me to be resilient, and uh, I think I naturally have resilience, but she's helped me with that, you know. And um, I think sometimes, just like I said at the start, I'm much better now than I would have been 10 years ago at being able to see the bigger picture and and take that that zoom out and realize you know that if I focus too much on something then that's not necessarily a good thing you know because you can become all consumed so um but I mean we all need to be resilient it's not necessarily something that maybe comes natural um because you have to weather challenges don't you to build up your resilience and how you cope and find coping strategies but for me it just means um you know making sure that you come out the other side and are able to cope Definitely, definitely. Thanks very much. And um, Rebecca, if we can turn now to yourself, um, you've um, a background in manufacturing and you set off on a, a new career path as a coach focusing on resilience. And you've got a really powerful reason for changing paths. So I was just wondering if you could maybe tell us a bit about, um, a bit about what inspired you to change paths. Yes, certainly. So you're right. I was... Um... I was a managing director um, of a large manufacturing company, um, but in 2007, I I was sales director. And um, at that time, we sadly lost one of our children, um, Charlie. And um, there I was, I think it was then we, we did also uh, lose my mum in uh, uh, probably a year later, who was also our CEO. So there I was. Uh, running this company um, and 2008 we had the global financial crisis and I was asked to become managing director uh, because my mum was no longer there so there I am running this company it's a really challenging time um, grieving my son uh, terribly and my mum uh, who was we were very close um, and also I fell pregnant um, so I was a, a new mum and I'd just come back off maternity leave um, after having our lovely little girl, Ruby. So I realised firsthand what it's like to need to look the part and be there for your team when internally you're falling apart and you'd far rather be Googling self-help books um, than uh, working on the books. So it was quite a challenging time. The company grew, we, we really worked. I knew that I'd done it before. I knew I'd managed to get to where I was. Um, as we said earlier, I learned from what I'd done, the skills I'd used to get through to the position that I was in so far. And so I reutilized those to build the company back up. But then when the company was doing very well and everyone was more settled, um, we, we, you know, as a family, we managed to uh, weather the storm. I realised I wanted to do something a bit more um, worthwhile um, than sell doorbells, so, um, which was the company main product. And 
you know, as working for the psychologist, not working for, but helping the psychologist that had helped me by talking to other psychologists about the first-hand experience of losing a child. Um, and I found that so rewarding. And so I decided that I was going to become a coach. I had a conversation with Warwick University. They asked me to come in and talk about where I was in my career. And it was during that coaching conversation that was being recorded for students that I realized actually coaching is all the bits of my job that I love, the people development, supporting, compassionate leadership style, um, and none of the bits that I didn't like, uh, like, you know, just focusing on figures and um, shareholders and um, the politics of business. So, yeah, I retrained and, um, and didn't look back. And I specialise now in supporting senior leaders um, forward during personal setback. So you've obviously got um, experience of channeling your own personal grief and tragedy into um, something that's really beneficial and helping other people. Um, what was it that inspired you to focus on helping other people with, with resilience? Okay, so I think for me it was a really powerful moment. Um, I was in the hospital and I'd just been told um, that Charlie hadn't made it. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm never going to laugh again. I'm never going to smile again. I... I just will be a shadow of my former self. And then I remembered uh, two women I knew um, who were lovely ladies, but they were like shells, walking shells. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's what my future, they'd also lost children and tragically, and, and, and they obviously were still struggling years on. And I thought of my son, he would be a 14-year-old boy telling a counsellor that life was never the same again um, since the day his brother died. And I realised in that moment, I don't think I consciously realised it. I didn't say, mm, my goodness, I must do this now. This is dreadful. I literally didn't know where, what, what end was up. But in that moment, I made a decision um, subconsciously that I had to get back to some kind. I had to move forward. I had a choice. I didn't know how the hell I was going to do it. It felt like, you know, I was being asked to climb a mountain in a pair of flip-flops. Um, but I knew I had to do it. And so I then put into practice, again, subconsciously, I thought, well, I can't do it on my own. So I engaged a psychologist. Um, I asked to speak to the police, um, the pathologist, um, and accepted friends' um, help and uh, asked for help. You know, if I was feeling bad, I would literally ring up a friend and say, can I come around for coffee? And I would do that. And I think it was when I realised that what I had done, I hadn't felt incredible or anything at all, but I realised that what I had learnt could really help other people and that leadership especially is such a lonely place anyway. But when you're at the top of an organisation and you're going through personal setback, there are no water cooler moments. There are no moments where you can say, oh, my God, I had a dreadful night last night. I had a real big row with my husband. Um, and so it's very lonely. And to have that support would have been, for me, amazing. You know, I had a heart-led, compassionate team. And so they were incredible. But had I not had that and an understanding boss, then I would have been really uh, in trouble. So I think I was inspired to coach resilience um, because I think it's something that can be developed. I think it is down to a choice 
Um, and it's about, you know, if I can make that choice, um, you know, uh, then other people can too. And I like to be able to facilitate that. Definitely. And resilience is something that's so important to us working in the world of PR. So often we can work in small teams or, as you say, um, be in positions where we might not feel like we have someone to talk to, but um, talk, talking is important and finding that person that you can confide in and say, I am struggling or I, I, I don't really know what to do is so important. And um, the, the old analogy goes, a problem shared is a problem halved. Um, and having having someone to talk to is so important. I was wanting to ask as well, so recently, with the, the various lockdowns that we've had in the country, we've all had a lot of extra time on our hands and we've all had a lot of extra time to reflect on what's important to us. What would you say to someone that's thinking of following in your footsteps and charting their own direction, who's got an idea who's really passionate about a subject and wants to try and make a career out of it but is maybe worried about the uncertainty of the pandemic just now? Gosh that's a really good question and I think as a coach I wouldn't necessarily give advice I'd ask them a lot of questions um, and but I think because <laughs> I'd hate someone to go oh Rebecca said this so I'm going to go and give up my career and go and set up my own business. Um, I think it's to be not daunted by uncertainty. The one thing we know for certain is that we've always surrounded by uncertainty. Nothing is for sure. I think if it's your passion, I always think if you look back on your life when you're 90 and think, right, was I, did I do what I set out to do as my, you know, my service to others and, uh, and to myself, it's important to think about that financially. I was able to do it um, because I had shares in the organisation and I was able to uh, support myself in my new career path that way. And I think that there are so many struggles at the moment that um, giving yourself a financial struggle um, at a challenging time, you know, is something to really consider um, because it, that is important, I, I think, rather than just thinking, oh, I've got a great idea, I'll go and do it, I'll drop everything. So again, it's coming back to asking, it's finding, you know, um, we have a coaching tool called Charlie Star, and part of it is the inquirer. And it's who or what do you need to know in order to make your decision? So have you tested the market? Have you spoken to friends or family who are in this, who've done a similar thing? Have you spoken to a mentor? Have you got in touch with somebody who's maybe doing what you want to do and they're doing it really well and get advice and support from them on how um, they're doing? Um, and they say, they said it would take three years to build my business. Actually, it took five and it's still, I pivoted in two years ago. So it's still challenging at times. So I think to think long and hard, but to get that inquirer, to find out, to dig deep, speak to your tribe, build a tribe um, of people around you who can, you know, sense check what you're thinking and who are strong enough to support you, but also to challenge you gently on your decisions um, to, so that you can sense check yourself whether or not moving forward in the way you're thinking is a good idea. Thanks, Rebecca. That's really valuable advice. I'm sure will come in handy for um, anyone listening to the podcast. I'm just going to turn now to, to Amanda. 
Um, Amanda, much like Rebecca, you charted a, a new professional course yourself when you set up your own business during the first lockdown. And um, you recently shared your own blog post um, where you shared your concern about what this new lockdown would mean for you. Can you tell us what it was, uh, how you felt writing your blog and what the reaction has been like to it? Yeah, I didn't listen to any of the advice Rebecca's just said. Because <laughs> I just went, I'm going to set up a business. And um, and my first day was the 23rd of March, which was UK lockdown part one. And that was me in a new business. Mm. Uh, completely crackers, really. Um, so... It's. I mean, it has been. I mean, the first year of a new business. Uh, it's very difficult. It's hugely difficult circumstances, and I thought I was doing pretty well. Um, you know, coping with things and managing and juggling things, and uh, had the business to focus on. So, you know, I I just literally gave myself no time off, um, and focused heavily on trying to uh, make sure the business works, and then January. It just seemed really hard. And, you know, that first week was, uh, felt like a, about three months worth of time. Um, so when I wrote the the blog, it was really came from, and again, it was, it's just, it's, it's like Sharon was saying earlier, I just felt people in the first wave of everything were quite, how are you? No, really, how are you? And there was a lot of support and there was a lot of kindness. And I felt, that it was starting to disappear and there was much less of that that was happening. And it was more, well, well, I'm bothering about myself now and I'm not particularly looking at how everything else is. And PR and and comms and marketing the world that it is, it's all about, I've got these new clients and, you know, my life looks like this wonderful thing that we see on social media. And, And we know it's not, but people, you know, create that impression, which then leads to lots of issues for everybody else and you know if you're having a you're in a difficult spot if you're in one of those you know dark places then it just makes it feel worse so it was very much focused much as Sharon had said before on please try and just have a bit of kindness you don't know what's going on behind people you know you don't know what's going on behind closed doors you don't know what's going on in in people's lives so yeah, so that was the the feedback was really positive because I think um, amazingly I didn't you know it was how I felt I didn't realise quite how many other people were feeling in in the same sort of um, position and feeling the same way so yeah it's it is difficult um, I've been through some really horrible times and nothing like the two incredible um, women who've spoken before they've been through you know real personal. Um, difficulties. Mine, yeah, you know, I had a really um, messy, as I call it, divorce from my previous employers. It was unpleasant, but it did give me the the time to be able to find how I am resilient and to find what makes it easier for me to cope. Um, And it was through some amazing support from friends and um, I had um, had some counselling um, which again, you know, is difficult because people don't like to talk about these sorts of things um, when we should be talking about it because 
the world of PR, you know, there's a lot of uh, difficulties. People struggle. There's a lot of mental health issues, and we've got to get a lot, a lot more comfortable talking about it. Um, so resilience for me, I was going to say when you were asking for what resilience is, it's that bounce back ability. It's that ability to be able to find a way to pick yourself up when things are really bad, um, and everybody's different and it's just finding what what works for you i wonder if um us in the pr world we we do get so used to the veneer of positive positivity and success but what struck me about um, everyone's stories here today is that people have really empathized with the stories that you've all shared and um people have reached out to you as you've mentioned and 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 it's really spoke and it's spoken to some of the challenges that people might be going through in their own life that maybe they're a bit hesitant about sharing for fear of being judged or fear of um, being seen as weak. And I think often we might feel like we want to share these stories, but we might be perceived as weak for doing them. But you're absolutely right, Amanda. Resilience is about getting back up again when things knock you down. Um, You mentioned in your blog that you think those of us in the PR world can help support each other. How how do you think we can do that? Yeah, I think it's it's by dropping some of the front with each other so you know i i've i speak to um people who run in their own business who on you know and, and we all go it's really hard you know it this is hard at the minute how's it with you it's really hard um but we would never i'm, I'm not saying you go out and say you know oh my god i'm having a terrible time but you can listen you can support each other you can drop a bit of the fakery um you know that we create around uh, what we do a, a bit of honesty i think you know i do crisis communication now so you know honesty is for me fundamental to to dealing with you know to being effective in a crisis um when you're communicating it should be at all times so let's have a bit of honesty um and let's you know get that support that we're when you know we are going through similar experiences in some cases we can support each other um, I try to do that. I sort of every so often I'll I post on social if anybody wants to chat. If you just want a you know a brew and a chat, just to offload, just to you know as a release, whatever. Um, then you know I think we try and do that. And I th- and there's a lot of that that's starting to appear now. Thankfully, I think this last um, sort of week or so, you're starting to see those opportunities. Just a safe space, really. I think that's what people need. Um, and, and you know, working environments are really difficult at the minute with everything that people are managing. Um, and you you want to be seen as um, strong. And exactly like Rebecca was saying, you know, if you're in a leadership position, you don't want to be perceived as weak. I mean, I did 21 years in policing. You, It was something that you were just, not supposed to do and yet it's absolutely critical to be able to say i'm struggling because you can't actually deal with what you did you know get deal with what you're dealing with or deal with what you faced if you don't actually confront it and say at the start no definitely definitely um so so i was wondering um we're um, almost a year down the line into COVID and you're setting up your own business. Um, how have you found the challenge and is it something that you'd recommend to others to, 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 to do? Yeah, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. I love it. I must say, I do love it. Um, it. It's got so many positives for me and then it has got lots of negatives, which is you have to earn money. And uh, And I did, you know, the vast majority of my working career in the public sector where 
you, you worked hard, but you, there was always that paycheck every month. So um, it's it's not for everybody. And I've had a number of conversations with uh, people who've set up their own business or who uh, are going trying to go freelance. Um, and a lot of the times it's forced by circumstances at the minute. And and it isn't for everybody. Um, and uh, you've got to have the right sort of mindset because it is... It, it, you know, you're adding to that stress, exactly like Rebecca was saying before. You know, you're adding to that stress of, um, you, you've you've got to make things work. And yeah, you know, I suppose I have a mindset of this will work because I'll make it work, and that's what I have to stick to, even when I'm having a bit of a wobbly day. Is just go back to that. I was going to say difficult nature that I always had as a child. My mum would say um, that I would. No, I'm going to do that. It's going to happen. I'm going to do it, and just believing in, in that you, you that you can. Um, but if you but if you can't do that, then it you know it it would be really difficult um, and challenging, and you don't want to add that pressure onto yourself until you're ready to. Um, so it isn't for everybody. But I, I personally, um, I'm quite enjoying it in a odd sort of way given the world the way the world is that's that's brilliant to hear um i wanted to end on one final question just for for everyone so for anyone that's listening to the podcast today what one tip would you give them for staying resilient building up their own resilience to cope with all the challenges that we're all facing just now i was just thinking really um because um obviously we've talked about uh kind of our individual challenges and leadership challenges um and um you know, resilience there as leaders, but kind of thinking about, you know, um, the teams and um, as Rebecca said, how, uh, you know, we, it's important sometimes that we show, show our own challenges to our teams because they then will feel more able to open up. And um, it's, it's not so much of a tip. It's more of a, some of the things that we could do as, um, you know, as, as leaders. Um, so we've implemented at, um, at my agency, uh, Brand Content, to um, a dedicated support line um, for the team. Um, they get up to six uh, free counselling sessions a year, and and you know that could be because they've got any any um, any troubles. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, you know miscarriage and children and bereavement, but you know there could be financial worries or debts or you know lots of other things. Um, and then the the line that we're working with also has experts that they can speak to about these you know different challenges. So I think um, you know that comes down to. Um, actually seeking help, but also as uh, leaders, uh, putting in place help for um, for your teams uh, so that, you know, you're not just saying in their one-to-one every couple of weeks, oh, how are you feeling? Oh, okay. You know, give them a few tips, but actually something practical that they can do because, um, you know, there's there are limits to how um, two people can interact together and you can support your teams, but sometimes they might want to speak to someone external. Um, and so offering that um, uh, to our teams, I think, is really important. And then, you know, the other thing is that we've been working on uh, at the agency is trying to help people um, get some kind of sense of feeling like they're in the workplace. So we, um, we've we encouraged people to do the commute, do a fake commute. So it feels like um, they're kind of leaving the house to get to work uh, and come back, you know, where, where they, they feel comfortable doing that. Uh, and ending the week on like a high by um, having a nice little social for 15 minutes where um, everyone nominates someone in the week that made made their week um so finishing the week well um having uh, access to the, the counseling sessions um 
uh, meditation once a week as well. So, and all these things are optional, you know, but it's just trying different things. And maybe, maybe two people will pop into the meditation session, um, but that's okay because it's all choice and what works for you. So I think it's just coming back to having, looking at different options, offering options to your teams and then um, them picking what feels right for them. Those are some really good tips. And I can vouch personally for meditation as a way of um, calming anxiety. Um, and I, I really like the idea of um, a fake commuter. I was reading a couple of days ago that a lot of people are feeling like they miss the commute um, being at home because it gave them the opportunity to listen to music or listen to podcasts that they're not really getting the chance to do at home. And while it's um, great to be at home, to be able to stick our dinners on and um, just um, get roll out of bed in the morning straight to work, um, we do miss the chance of having those relaxing moments. So that, those sound like really, really good tips. So thanks for sharing them with us. Um, Rebecca, is there any, do you have any, what one tip would you share for anyone listening as a way of building up their own resilience? <laughs> it is a really hard question to ask someone who coaches resilience what the one tip is. <laughs> I think, uh, I think firstly, I, <laughs> yeah, I'll be really quick. I must say, firstly, that you can't measure resilience. And so if you are asked to be more resilient by someone you're working with or someone says you really need to try and work on your bounce back, then they don't know what you're going through. And so it's really to make sure that you're not benchmarking yourself against others who you might think are more resilient. But actually, we have no idea what they're going on, as, um, as we've said, behind closed doors. But one of the main tips um, that I use with all of my clients at the beginning of every coaching group of sessions is the PAL, and that's your positive attitude log. And we talk about gratitude journals, but actually what they can do is they focus on what happens to us um, rather than what we are making happen for us. So being grateful for a blue sky we're just lucky that we had a blue sky, for example. Whereas if we noticed that we had a great meeting and we facilitated it quite well, then that is something that we've contributed to our day. And in times of challenge like this, we think about, we selectively attend to everything that is negative to prove ourselves right. Oh, this is awful. Look, oh, typical, it's raining. Oh, typical, um, my delivery didn't arrive, blah, blah, blah. And we focus on all of that Whereas the positive attitude log, taking time each day to note four things that you have achieved in that day to make you move forward, um, starts helping your mindset focus on the positive um, approach to, to resilience. And, uh, and that can be downloaded if you need to uh, from my website. Thanks, Rebecca, and I'm very grateful for you to for condensing your entire profession and <laughs> and <laughs> short answer for us. <laughs> thanks, thanks very much. I realise I realise that question could have been an entire podcast for you in itself, but um, thanks very much for giving us a little snippet um, there. And um, okay. Amanda, um, what what tip would you share with anyone listening to today's podcast? How could they build their own resilience. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I think that they're, they're, they're really good um, bits of advice, you know, pieces of advice that, that have just been said. Um, and, you know, having that positive attitude and trying to do, um, you know, take time out and things like that. I think um, being really, uh, I'll be really short and to the point, um, I suppose the first thing is understand yourself and know your trigger points, know what, you know, so that you can recognise when you're getting to the point of, um, um, I think, 
and my glasses nearly full um, so that you can do something about it. And also um, try and build a network around you that you can you can access, um, whether that's friends, um, you know, um, support networks. If you're, in a, you're lucky enough to work somewhere um, like Sharon, you know, where they provide things like that, have a range of things that you know you can access, that network of support. Thanks, Amanda. Um, just want to end by saying thank you very much to Sharon, Rebecca and Amanda for sharing their stories with us and their really valuable tips and insight into this podcast. Thanks very much for listening. And thanks for joining us. As a reminder, if you need to access the CIPR Mental Health Hotline, you can find details on the CIPR website, cipr.co.uk slash mental health hotline. And as ever, we'd like you to be part of the conversation. So please share your thoughts and feedback on our Engage podcast by using either hashtag Engage CIPR or hashtag Engage podcast. We'll be back with another episode next quarter. And if there's a burning topic you think we should explore, please email us, training at cipr.co.uk.